The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're going to be concluding our study in Proverbs chapter 18. We'll move to 19 on Monday. Uh, but today we're going to look at Proverbs 18. And I'm going to do something interesting. I say interesting, different. Um, I've mentioned throughout the study that sometimes some things are in context, you know, a couple verses in context, sometimes they're not, try to connect them, sometimes it's just one verse. And as I was evaluating Proverbs 18, there was a bunch of verses that some of them repeated things we've studied before in the past as emphasis, we know it does. Um, Some of these things were just one thought, the great thoughts, and I I contemplated creating four or five devotionals off of these uh, five thoughts or six thoughts. Um, But what I've done today is I've taken, uh, I think it's six different thoughts, six different verses, uh, finishing chapter 18. Each one of these have a great truth and a great practical application with them. So literally, we're just going to look at these six different thoughts. They're not connected in any way. There's really not a lot of even application to connect them in any way. There are six unique, different points of view, different truths. Now, let me explain something. Uh, Even as I was studying out this this morning, actually studying a different verse, uh, not even when we're looking at today, one I read, and it hit me, and I'm thinking... And what do I do about this? How do I change? Or what, what are some aspects? You know, maybe I can help this or fix this. As a pastor, often I'm like that. Or myself, what can I do? Maybe this is not me. How can I help someone else? I don't know. It was just, it, was, it hit me differently. Uh, and then I went through and studied out the verse. And, I, and I, I, I came down to a realization. A realization, very simplistic, in the book of Proverbs. Um, sometimes we make a lot of this a lot harder, a lot more complicated than it really is supposed to be. Uh, And it's true with these verses we'll look at today, and it's simply this. Sometimes you look at a verse that tells you this, now I should change this, okay? Uh, When we talk about the idea of seeking wisdom, and a fool does this, but a wise man does this. There's truth, but I need to change that. If I I want to be wise, I need to make some adjustments. If I find myself as that fool, I need to change to be considered the wise man. So because of that, I see these truths, and then I adjust. And that's some truth here too, but really, these are just flat-out truths. You're going to find these as true in the Word of God. You're going to find these as true... In our American history culture today, you're just going to find these things as true. Uh, now, if you find these things to be true about you, yeah, there's some challenges to change. But really, uh, just several different facts and truths about the human nature um, that are true. And if we allow these things to become, some of them, if, they, if we allow it to become about us, they are negative. And so we can make some changes. But really, these are just flat-out facts that are true about human nature. And uh, so let's look at these simple truths and great truths from the last few verses of Proverbs chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 9. Proverbs 18, verse 9. I'll read the verse, and then I'll give you a simple practical application, at least the one I wrote down for it. The first verse says, "He He also that is slothful in his works is brother to him that is a great waster. You're slothful in what you've been given. You don't take advantage of it. You're just like someone who's a waster. The one practical application I wrote down is laziness. It's just wasting what God has given us. We have been given great tools. So slothful work, I've been given a great opportunity. So I'll give me an example. Uh, from my perspective as a pastor, 
I have so many opportunities in front of me. If I waste them, if I don't do it, if I'm slothful, if I'm lazy, I've wasted the opportunity. So you've been given opportunities to, to, make, to make funds, to maybe work ethically to get promoted, things of that nature. If failure to use the opportunities, to, to be lazy at work, to fail to work hard at what you've been given, you're going to waste it. God says, hey, you could achieve, you could do so much more. I don't want to. I'm, I'm a little lazy. You might, you're just like the person who just throws it all away. You're a great waster. Laziness is just like wasting what God has given us. So be, work hard. Work strong. Listen, do your best 100% for the glory of God in whatever field you find yourselves in. Because frankly, you don't have to be in ministry to think that everything I do is about God. I should be honoring God in whatever field I find myself in. So let's look at the second thing. that I'm second verse is in 18, Proverbs 18, verse 13. I said, he that, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Catch that. When I answer a matter, simply when I'm quick to jump to a conclusion, I'm quick to respond to something, before I know all of the information, it is folly and it's shame. It's embarrassing. You ever, simple explanation, you ever walk into a conversation and you are convinced because you caught the last 30 seconds or you're right in the middle of it, so you don't know the context of the conversation. You walk in, you hear something, your mind jumps to what you think's being said. You create a conclusion based upon what you think's being said, and then you jump in and say something. You often look foolish, because probably what you're about to say has nothing to do with what's being said. I wrote down this, this application, jumping to conclusions usually brings pain. And that's true, I jump to a conclusion. And it, it, sometimes it brings anger. And James, he says, I'm to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If I'm not quick to hear and slow to speak, I'm going to jump to a conclusion. Almost always when we assume and jump to conclusions, it's negative. It's our, it's our, it's our human nature we have. And usually we end up looking foolish. Uh, every once in a while, I'll walk into our room, I hear comments made, I'm like, what? What? And kind of assuming it's about me and my wife. Listen, life is not all about you. It's true. And that, that's it. I jump in. I do something silly. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? It's true. Uh, and that's what we're looking at. He that answereth the matter, he, he that jumps in, makes a conclusion, points in a view, argues a point before he even knows what he's talking about, it'll ultimately be a shame to him. What, it's just a fact. It's a truth. And it's a great truth that I need to realize, man, I've done that. I don't want to do it again. So we talk about someone who's wasteful and the opportunity has been given to them. We talk about someone who jumps to conclusions and it ends up being embarrassing. In verse 14 of Proverbs 18, it says this, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Can I tell you, this, is, this has got some powerful truth behind it. Um, the spirit of the man, the end part of us, that it's the mental part. Of, you know, and the Bible talks about his spirit speaking expressly with my spirit. I have, you know, Hebrews, it says it, it. The Bible gets down deep into the sunder of soul and spirit. There is a separate part of me, and I need that. And it's the part that I need to deal with daily life. When we hear about anxiety, panic attacks, things like that, it digs down to the spirit. The emotions dig down and then bring physical effects. And here's simply what it says. With all of the things in my life, that I deal with in the physical side, in the, in the stress of the day, in the physical ailments I find, or the problems at work, or questions about the election, or what could happen, was it really cheating, all these different things going on, and will the riots ever end, what's going to happen with COVID, and all these questions that bring stress, and then the physical ramifications, maybe you're sick or something. He says that when my spirit is good, 
when I have a good spirit, I'm encouraged, I'm right with God, I'm strong in spirit, that will sustain me in the time of these inf- my infirmity, of my sickness or the battle I'm in. But a wounded spirit who can bear. When my spirit is wounded, when I'm so discouraged and so depressed, I, I can't really deal with the day-to-day stuff. Frankly, this is the beginning of what brings into a lot of depression and discouragement, things like that. A, a suicidal person will say this. Listen, I can't deal with all the things going on because their spirit has gone too far. To go through infirmity is one thing. To do, you know, do it discouraged, you lose hope. That's really what it comes down to. The world's like that. They lose hope. Their spirit's crushed, and so the battle is bad because there's no spirit to lift them up. I encourage you, it's important to strengthen your spirit, to restore your spirit. It's important. That's why it's important to be in the Word of God. It's important to be around friends. It's important to be in, in times of fellowship. Can I, in Acts 2.42, one of the things that the Bible says that the church continued in, one of them was fellowship. It is necessary. And you say, well, I don't need church. I don't need this. Coming to church, being around people is necessary. It lifts the spirit. And it's, it's very, very important until it lifts the spirit. Find people who will lift you up, encourage you, laugh with you, cry with you, pray with you, be there with you. It lifts the spirit. That is the strength that will sustain you through these times. Let's move on to verse 17, Proverbs 18, verse 17. And my premise, I was going to make an application. Verse 14, the simple thought I wrote down was taking care of our spirit is necessary. You need rest. You need encouragement. You need fellowship. You need support. That's all part of the spirit, but more than anything, you need to be in the word of God. Let him strengthen you. Verse 17, he that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. Now you say, what's going on? He's at first. The, he is quick to defend himself. Okay, He says, he that is first in his own cause. So somebody, he assumes there's been accusations or there's been gossip or there's been something thrown out after him. And so he is real quick to jump out and defend himself. Real quick. Doesn't even really know what's going on. But real quick. I, I've had people every once in a while, usually it was in, in the school, they jump in, Pastor so-and-so said this or this or that. I'm like, well, is it true? And the question was, that doesn't matter. People are going to believe it. And so they jump to conclusions. And Or sometimes, I, I love this, you walk into a room, you begin to talk about a scenario, and someone's real quick to blame someone else or defend themselves. I wrote down this practical application, the first sign of guilt is self-defense. When you're quick to defend yourself, people wonder why. One of the things that is a requirement in the pastorate and the ministry for the bishop comes down to the idea of he's blameless. Now, understand the term blameless does not mean perfect. It means that when an accusation is thrown at them, simply the accusations don't stick. Uh, I just read of a pastor of a new evangelical but a very prominent church who had to leave the ministry because he cheated with his wife. I didn't get his spirit right. All I just read something on it. He was conciliatory and, and repentant of, at least online, of what he had done. But... Um, when there's an accusation, he's no longer blameless to it. It's truthful. When accusations are thrown, that, that means sometimes, hey, I mess up. I got to get it right. But when heavy accusations are thrown, they, they should be something that shouldn't stick. Now, if a pastor is constantly defending himself, you begin to wonder why. Quick to jump to it. Anybody like that, when you're quick to defend yourself, you're quick to get up, say, hey, wait, 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 and get mad at somebody for something, it makes you wonder why. If you're quick to your own cause, it seems just. But neighbors search and say, what's going on? People who know them wonder, it's got to be deeper. Why is he so quick to defend himself? Verse 22, whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Here's what I put down for my principle. The truth is in the verse. Men, any one of us who find a wife, God has told us we find a good thing. 
But more than that, we obtain favor with the Lord. I mean, I love the favor with the Lord, but I agree that I found a great thing. I love my wife. I love all that she brings to my life. I love the encouragement she says. I love the fact that I'm married to a godly wife who challenges me. And uh, just, uh, you know, hopefully I challenge her as much as she does me as we grow closer to God, as we grow closer together in those occasions. And just, uh, just a sweet spirit and everything that I want out of life. Uh, strong as we go through the battles of life, strong for our family but sweet and kind and gracious and just everything I want. I would say of my wife, a Proverbs 31 woman, just amazing. And I can say I have found a good thing. Can I tell you, when you get a good thing, hold on, take care of it, cherish it. It's simply put that way. Verse 24 of eight, verse 18, of chapter 18, excuse me. Verse 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now, the second half of the verse is simple when it talks about the idea of there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Who is that? Oh, that's Jesus. So that friend will stick closer. Remember we talked earlier about a friend liveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So the friend is always there, but in times of great adversity, you need someone, you need a brother, either a physical relative or someone who is like a brother. They, they're there in times of adversity, of struggle, of pain, of failure. If they're there, they don't leave. This verse says there is someone sticking closer than even that person. And of course, we know that to be Jesus. I want to look more at the first half of the verse. A man that will have friends must show himself. So man obviously is from the Hebrew word Adam, human, generic. A per, anyone who ha, will have friends, will have friends in their life, first of all must show themselves friendly. The principle I wrote down was if we desire friendship, the next step is on us. If we desire to have friends, that next step is on us. He says this, if I'm going to have friends, what is it? Well, I got to be popular, I got to be this, I got to be, no, 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 I just need to be friendly. If I want to have friends, the step is on me to go out and be friendly. No one invites me out. Invite people over. No one talks to me. Go talk to them. Can I tell you what happens sometimes? Pastor, no one ever talks to me. Maybe it looks like they're a little nervous to talk to you because you don't talk to them. And maybe they, they think maybe he's not friendly. I'm nervous. I don't know. You may be the friendliest person in our church. You don't know. At work, things, everybody, no one talks to me. Maybe they think you're mean. I don't know. Find out. Go talk to them. Find out what's going on. Step out and just be nice to them. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're shy. Be that one. If you want to have friends, the answer is be friendly. Be the one step out and start this. So if, you, if we desire friendship, the next step is on us. You know, I look at all of these, and you can really, you know, you can dig deep into a lot of these, but there's some great principles, practical things. The advantage of this all being recorded is if you want to go those over again, you can watch it later. Uh, but I encourage you to just, you know, as you look at these things, let them be helps. If there's some things I need to change, man, I need to change these things. I need to work on these things. I need to do better. Uh, if there are some things that are just encouragement. One of the things that I look in Proverbs when I look sometimes, I look at some things and God reminds me of the truth of things in my life, of things I've seen, of battles that I've faced, of scenarios that I've dealt with with people. And God just reminds me of sometimes that's just people. And it's good for me to remind it. It's not just me. Uh, it's encouraging. There's a lot of different help. I told, I, I, that's why I love the Word of God. It's so practical. It's so helpful. And I'm telling you, the stuff I deal with today, when I go to the Word of God, it is so relevant. And I hope we recognize the Word of God is exactly that relevant and needful for today.